Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. You know what that was? What was that the sound of? The, a train exploding in a cave? Almost it was the sound of 200 episodes of a podcast dropping. Oh, a train wreck. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we repeat ourselves. Uh, yes, Kate, Kate. What is going on here? What has happened? I'm sitting next to my sister and I'm very sweaty. <laughs> That's not new. That happens like literally every week. What is new about today? Oh, um, you gave me the book beforehand for me to read? Yeah, I did do that. But no, 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 no! It's the 200th episode of Fuse and Kate. Just making up new theme songs now. I think that's a good one, and uh, we will never use it again. Uh, so what do we do on this here podcast, Kate? Uh, we talk about uh, little human picture books and whether <laughs> they are good or not. I want to just back that one up a little bit. Little human Picture books? Little human picture books. Like opposed to like little dolphin picture books? Yes. Little, little turtle picture books? Mm-hmm. I see. All right. Technically true. Thank you're you. Not, you're not wrong. Uh, yes, we do. We read little human picture books uh, and we determine what with them. Um, if they're good or not. Right. And uh, yes, so we had to do a special one, a very, very special one for today. And I'm very excited. Because it is a little controversial, which we always like. It's a little weird, which we definitely like. It's got details. It's very well known. And we've never done it before. Are you ready for me to pull it out? Okay. The cat in the hat comes back. We've never done it. We've never done it. We've never done it. We did the cat in the hat the first one. Um, episode 100 yes mm-hmm. i i figure we do 100 books every two years <laughs> that's our going rate you're, right now you're making me so sad when you say that all right yeah so, that's true so if there's a third one we'll do that in two years but, yeah if <laughs> seuss rises from the grave and says i can think of more like the cat and hat is so popular right now why don't we do more of these books like and let us not you know fail to point out that um there are a ton of other Cat in the Hat books that other people have done. And he even did do other books with the Cat in the Hat. Uh, yeah, the Cat in the Hat comes back. Controversial feller. Um, but, you know, our very first episode was Tiki Tiki Tembo. And our 100th episode was Cat in the Hat. You, I would normally at this point say, you take that book and you go read that book. But because we're doing this as a live episode, you we go don't... went and read that book. While Kate's not doing her read, uh, here's a little background information, which may give... I'm just going to give you one fact. One single solitary fact about Ted Geisel, the man who was Dr. Seuss. All right, so take this fact, process it, and then apply it to the book that we will be discussing. All right? It's about his dad. 
We don't talk a lot about Dr. Seuss's dad. There might be a good reason for that. He didn't have any hobbies, except for one. Uh, he loved target shooting. And uh, his son didn't think that was cool. His son was like, that is a, a silly and unproductive. Ooh. Yet, yet, his dad in 1902 held the world record for marksmanship at 200 yards. Let's see how this applies to today's book. And we're back. So uh, we start off with these two kids. We, it's the same kids as the previous book. Um, and now they're outside shoveling um, because their mother, the mother is not there. And she passively, aggressively tells her kids, somebody, ugh, somebody has to shovel the, the sidewalk. But who? Who could ever do that? Oh, you! I have kids. I will make them do that. Yeah. And that's what it says. Somebody has to clean all this away. Somebody. Somebody, somebody, somebody. has to. And then she picked out the two somebodies. Marks, that'd be so uh, she picked out two somebodies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her two kids. Sally and the unnamed boy. Yes. The narrator. Whose name is me, I believe. Yeah. Because that's all he ever says about him. And then, all of a sudden, lo and behold, who they see, they see the cat in the hat. Let me just say, as we start out, the kids have not done much shoveling, right? <laughs> no, they are, they, they are, and this is important. Do you think they're, like, faking it? Like, they're like, I'm no. totally shoveling. No, no, no. They definitely had, like, 24 inches of snow within two days. It, it yeah. was a heavy snowstorm, but yeah. I'm, I'm And they appear to be eight. Right, and I'm pointing yeah. this out because I it's referenced at the end. So mm. keep mm. that in mind. All right. So the kids are trying to shovel. The cat in the hat comes in, and that and the kids are like, oh, no. Oh, no. I remember what happened last time. Oh, yeah. And, and I, we have no fish to protect us now. And I wrote in my notes, run, kids, run. Yeah, no, yeah, seriously. Lock the door. This guy. <laughs> this guy's a problem. Okay, yeah. So, uh, we know this. We saw what happened last time. Yeah, they, they're like, oh, no, we saw what happened last yeah. time you were here. And he said, play tricks? Oh, I'm just going to go we in. We never mentioned tricks. I'm just going to go into your house and find something to do. Now, no! in the illustration, he manages to ski uphill without ski poles. He's... How does a cat wearing, you know, skis without the poles go uphill into a house? With great skill. Sure. And alacrity. Right. So the, now the cat's in the house because the kids didn't Is that... Because they didn't lock the door. They well, didn't. of course, you were outside. You don't want to lock the door because it's cold and then you have to get the keys out and then your hands are all cold because you've been shoveling all the snow all well, day. Well, they so. didn't expect, you know, this cat to come back. They didn't expect anyone to break into their home. In the home. middle of February. Usually, if someone's going to break into your home, it's not when the snow is, like, up to here. Yeah. So now... Okay, so the, the little boy, nameless little boy, runs in, into the house and immediately he finds the cat um, eating cake and sitting in the bathtub with, like, the water overflowing. How fast did he fill that tub? There, that's my first question. And yeah. my second one is, what is it with this cat and cake? Because the last Cat in the Hat book also had cake. Yes. The cat super loves cake. Fun fact, what can cats not eat? Cake? Uh, chocolate. So we know it's not a chocolate cake. And if it's not a chocolate cake, then I mean, why have it? Judging by the illustration, it definitely looks like a vanilla Ugh. with maybe strawberry Ugh. frosting. But anyway, the, the bathroom is flooding. Yeah, who doesn't like cake? The cat's eating cake. 
And this is where I am so happy. This little boy stands up to the cat. Yeah, stand up to the cat. And he's like, you get out. You get out of this house. We don't want you about. Mm. He turns off the water and he scolds the cat. Bad kitty. And I am so grateful for yeah, this moment. that's true. You don't want to be like a passive, like, well, what can we do? He's already in the house. Like He somehow left a ring of pink, like, around. Yeah, that's super disturbing, by the way. <laughs> Which, I'll What? Let... Okay, pink so. Pink doesn't just, like, pop so up. So, what is this stuff made of? Is it, um. Peptabism. Is it soap scum? Is it cat dander mixed with, like, gum? What is the pink stuff made of? Nothing good. I mean, what do cats... Cats don't produce pinkness, right? Is it tuna? Maybe, maybe it's tuna. You think he... <laughs> so, wait, so he had Pepto, maybe. So what, he like had tuna like behind his ears and it just came off in the bath and then it just like collected when the water went it's down. It's quite Cause gross. Because it, it had to have been floating on the top. Because you know when you've got like stuff floating on the top and then it like gets to the side and then it goes down and then it still is on the ring. Icing? The icing from the cake? Oh, the cake was pink. The icing was well, pink. Well, the cake technically was white with this very, very pale icing. Yeah, but anyway, the boat was red. Maybe the boat. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So are we? Yes. So we come to the kid who is very upset that there is this pink stuff on the tub, and he's like, "I don't know how this is gonna come off." Well, the cat, bless his heart, robs the poor boy's <laughs> mother's closet, takes the most hideous dress in her closet. Did you say last time? That the dress he took was hideous? You are very judgy on this mom's dress. Uh, I don't remember okay, so her dress like, last time. Like she had nice though. shoes last time. She had great shoes I don't think we really time. saw much of her dress. Last. It no, been... no, no, no. They put, they put her dress on the kite, remember? There was and a kite? you didn't like... Yeah, there was totally a kite. Yeah. Anyway, that's an awful dress. I agree with you. Yeah. It's so... like a nightgown. Yeah. It's like if you were like, I like my nightgown. So... Why can't I wear it? To church. So to be fair, the dress was already hideous, and why does it have boob padding? I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, uh, so right, so the cat does the right thing. He takes mom's dress, and he wipes off the inside of the tub, and now her dress has pink on it. Uh, yeah. But, Who saw that coming? But no. the, uh, you know, the kids aren't happy with it because mom's dress is now ruined. Again, showing the dress with... And the cat looks chagrined. Which well, is unexpected. Well, he's trying. He is trying to help at this point. Is he? Yes, he is. I think the cat's got an agenda here. I All don't right. think so. I think this time he actually does feel bad, and he's oh. like, "Well, okay, well, look, here's." Is he thinking, "Why do I keep hanging out with these kids? No, he's Does like, that ever come up?" I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I ruined your tub. Look, here's a hideous white cloth. I'll just wipe it up. Okay, fair. And, uh, and apparently that, that white cloth was important. So then the. Um, the cat decides to take the dress and he like whoosh, up against a wall. Which is pretty cool. And that takes the spots off of the dress. The dress is now clean, but now the wall has like a splatter. Spot. And at this point I'm like, just leave it. It looks cool. You can just spackle over that thing and then just get no, it top. Yeah, magic just eraser it. I don't oh, care. you can totally magic eraser it. But then yeah. he, the cat's like, oh, oh, no, no, no. Well, uh, I'll, I'll take these, these ugly, hideous shoes. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but they are. And uh, turns out they are dad's shoes. Which which of dad's shoes? Well, I'm just surprised that there's a dad. 
Oh yeah, Dad is like totally a. There's now a mention of a father. Yeah, well we know he has shoes, so he must come by at some point. And uh, and they are ten dollars shoes. Whoa! So as I said, you can't just buy those. They are ten dollars shoes. And meanwhile, um, poor Sally is just outside. Sally's not allowed in. She's. (laughs) I'm like, kid, either come inside or shovel. She doesn't want to go back inside. Freaking psychotic cat is there. She is not getting anywhere inside. Then shovel. Be productive. Do what you were supposed to do in the first place. She knows it's all going to come out eventually. Anyway, so now we got dad's... Bide your time, Sally. Dad's ugly shoes are now pink, right? Yeah, that's fine. So then the cat... (laughs) He takes the ugly shoes. Mm -hmm. And somehow this family has a white runner in their hallway. Okay, first off, with two children, that is a terrible idea. Yeah, no. A pure white run. I bet it's Angora let's or just, something like let's that. Let's just say right? that this oh. rug probably wasn't white to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And now it's got like red racing stripes down it. So I that think can only improve it. I think the cat improved it. Exactly. I agree. I agree. But the kids again are like, oh, now you've ruined our our rug. And he's like, well, rug. don't worry, I, I can help get the spots out of this rug. <laughs> And he runs. Here's, here's where he's not thinking this one through. Not like he was really thinking it through before now. But. but this is what I find interesting. He runs into Dad's bedroom. Now that is interesting. Dad has. Dad a, has a, his own bedroom. Dad has. A, they they have what uh what the penguinologist and I used to have, which is sleep divorce. Yeah. Which is where each person or sleeps in different rooms, and I that's love totally Lucy fine. Or. Dick Van Dyke show where you're not allowed to have the bed. <laughs> like, could he not say that mom and dad slept in the same bed? Because this book comes out in 1958. Do we not want to imply that they're sharing sleeping quarters? I don't know. But he does what he knows best, which is how to get the spots out of the rug. Sure. So he... The rug. He's I, really good at that. Yeah. He's, yeah. And uh, I bet he could uh, get the tablecloth off of a table real quick. I bet he really... Well, the, I bet he would think he could. And then he would... Fail. Make a mess, yeah. He would make a huge well, mess. Well, now this splot has transferred from the rug onto Dad's bed. <laughs> and then we come <laughs> to my favorite illustration. Oh, really? <laughs> where both yeah. the cat... Yeah. And the kid have aged about 50 years. <laughs> it's a long day. The, both, both of them are just kind of like... Because the, the kid, just his hat has just gotten old The man. kid has gotten like rings under his yeah. eyes. Sally's finally decided to come in. Well, because... don't come in, Sally. It's old. The movie. <laughs> if you, come, you know that movie, that M. Night Shyamalan movie, Old, where like you um, on the island you like age more than... Yeah, well, you'll age about 50 years yeah. according to these two. <laughs> you get near that cat. So then the cat's like, oh, gosh, I can't clean out the spot on the bed by myself. I, I need help. It's a good thing I got help. I got help in the form of little cat A, who I suffocate every day <laughs> underneath my hat. <laughs> oh, wait, no, here we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is where you were like, you thought he was going to bring in thing one and thing two. Because you were like, those were such huge hits from the first cat in the hat. I thought they Surely were gonna he's going to be bringing in a big old box of, as one person called it, personified genitalia. What? That's what thing one and thing two are. Oh, Because okay. they're things. Well, then the cat's like, well, you know, I've, so I have little cat A on my head. Mm-hmm. And then little cat A takes off his hat. Uh-huh. And there's little cat B. Uh-huh. Little cat A brings out 
little cat B and little cat B brings out little cat C. This is how you teach children about infinity. This is how you teach kids about the alphabet. Oh, that. Yeah. Infinity, the alphabet. Which one do they have to learn first? Who can say? So then A, B, and C, they get the spot off of the bed onto the top of the TV, and then they swoosh it from the top of the TV into a bowl with, like, milk, and then they shoot it <laughs> through a fan outside. So... And my favorite part is the, um, the cat in the hat looks like such a proud father. He does look so proud. He is so proud like, of A, I B, and C. I was starting the chaos, but I, this is way beyond. The milk was... Mwah. And at this point, I was like... I don't even know where they came up oh, with that. They, so they got it out of the house. All right. It's, it's in the snow. Problem the, solved. The end. That's the end of the, the book. The whole problem was the milk, or sorry, the milk. The ring was in the house. Ha- the, the pink was in the house. Yeah. The pink is now out of the house and in the snow. Who cares? Yeah, and now it's outside. No one like, cleans snow. You don't but, see yellow snow and go like, I gotta clean that up, you know? Right, when you thing. see yellow snow, you don't touch it. Exactly. <laughs> you leave it there and then it goes away by itself. But then... That's nature. The little boy is like, oh. You blew the mess out of the house, that's true. But now you made snow spots. You can't let them stay. What? By the way, I want to point out something that Elizabeth Brown Hendricks pointed out, and I, I was going to mention it, and I didn't get to it. Uh, very Rube Goldberg devicey, that previous thing. So. Ah. Thank you. All right, continue. So, um... Yeah, what's, what's it to the boy? Yeah, who cares? There's pink outside. Who cares? (laughs) But then I think we get to the trippiest eyes in all of children's literature. Oh, tell me more. (laughs) So the kids are surprised when (laughs) C happens to be having a hat on and takes off and you now see D. And then little cat D now shows E. And little cat E now shows F. And we get all the way to G. But the kids are just shell-shocked by this. And their expression is just, <laughs> their eyes are so trippy <laughs> that that last time my, last time my tattoo was of a really sad bird that was uh, in the very beginning of the story. Yeah. And now my tattoo for this book is going to be the trippy eyes. Oh man, if you had a tattoo of trippy eyed Sally and me you would win children's literature i think i mean it's, um, it's a great illustration it's a great illustration let me say something by the way when you are reading this book to a child do not do what i would do where your, your voice gets a little bit higher with every subsequent cat that speaks because you can't maintain that yeah, <laughs> there's no no, no. Yeah. you're getting like really too just, it's very mosquito levels like yeah, just do yeah. normal. Yep. Yeah, just make it do it the other way. Make them go low. No. Oh, don't do that either. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so then, right. So all of the cats A through, where were we at? G. Mm. They all get outside, and now they are breaking apart the snow with pop guns? Yep. And at this point, I'm like, do kids nowadays know what pop guns are? Do kids know what a rotary phone is? You know? I feel <laughs> like parents would have referenced a rotary phone by at least doing the hand signal yeah. more than they would be doing like a pop gun there's no you pop know, gun symbol you, like how would you how would you like back in my like, day we didn't have real guns we had pop gun and that's not a thing no one says that so right so now these a through g are breaking apart the snow into like minuscule pieces and the kids are like all this is doing is making more spots well the um 
little cat G is like, well, guess we need more help. So now we've got H through V. That went really fast. Yeah. Now we have, uh, they say, now we need little cats Q, R, S, T, U, and V. And at this point, the Sally and her brother should have just gone inside, locked the door, closed the yeah. curtains, take a nap. Let him go, man. And Let just ignore what's happening And then outside. mom comes home and is like, well, no, what mom's going to say is, why didn't you finish shoveling? Now you have all of these little good. tiny cats uh, throwing snow around, but there is this bird on a tree that is slowly getting covered in snow. The <laughs> snow has a very oobleck quality to it. It does not act like snow. It acts like slime. Yeah, it yeah. does. To the point where the poor bird is just covered and is That's like... That's not how snow works. And the, the poor Plus, it, it looks like it's, it's they're like, in a... Like a frosty kind of thing. yeah it's it's definitely not cotton candy no it's not quite pepto-bismol it's like a salmon it's salmon goo. juice it's goo yeah it's salmon goo that's what that looks like so right so now the entire yard is covered in um this like pink stuff all right and uh and now the cat in the hat says now we just need uh one more uh, well he brings out W, X, Y, and Z, but Z is so small that you can't even see it. Um, and he's like, Z is the one that's going to clean this up, so don't you worry. Um, I went in the bathtub only so I could pull out Z. So, uh, right, so he takes out Z, who apparently has something called a voom, and he busts it so out, weird. and all of a sudden, voom? Uh, or I probably should say more like, voom! And now, I would like, voom! Oh, okay. And so nice. anything that was pink is now white. And look at those sidewalks. Okay, to be fair, the sidewalks are really nice. They are like, look at that. perfect. The sidewalks are perfect. The kids you didn't have... You can measure that and the, that's a 90 the degree The kids angle. should be thanking the cat for doing their job. I don't know. I think they're still remembering when their eyes were like... And, and the bird is now not underneath pink snow anymore. It's still, yeah. The cat did... A huge favor to these kids and now he's taking little cats a all the way through z and he's going back from wherever he came from and that's the end and i'm like free to terrorize another okay. day and that's that's it and that's that was that book okay so much to talk about about this one where do we even begin all right well let's start with the december 15 2002 issue of the new yorker where there was a piece called Cat People, which I love because much later, uh, New Yorker would run a short story called uh, Cat People, which got very famous. But anyway, this was called Cat People, What Dr. Seuss Really Taught Us. All right, I'm tempted to make you read this. It has so many big words. No, I'm you want to read it? No. Nope. You want to read it? It's so good. I just learned A through Z, so no, I'm Dang good. Dang it. All right, fine. I'm going to read this. This is... What year was this? Did this come out? 2002. This is 2002 New Yorker at its best. All right. Appreciate this. All righty. These semiotic felines, I guess he means the numbered cats, do exactly what a deconstructionist would predict. Rather than containing the stain, they disseminate it. Everything turns pink. The chain of signification is interminable. And being interminable, indeterminate. The semantic hygiene fetishized by children is rudely violated. The system they imagined is revealed to have no inside and no outside. It is revealed to be, in fact, just another bricolage. The only way to end the spreading stain of semiosis 
is to unleash what, since it cannot be named, must be termed that which is not a sign. This is the Zoom, the final agent in the cat's arsenal. The Zoom, I'm sorry, yes, Zoom. The Voom. I said Zoom. The Voom eradicates the pink queerness of a textuality without boundaries. Whiteness is back, though it is now the purity of absence. One wants to say, and at this point, why not? Of abstinence. The association with nuclear holocaust and its sterilizing fallout, wiping the planet clean of pinkness and pinkos is impossible to ignore. It's impossible to ignore, Kate. Possible it's to impossible. Ignore. Not ignoring You're, it. You can't ignore it because it's impossible. He just told you. Yeah. It is a strange story for teaching people how to read. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm surprised this doesn't come up more. Um, what do you think of when you think of pinkness spreading? Disease? I think of communism. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about the spread of communism and how it goes everywhere. And so we send in all these cats with their little guns. But they just make the problem worse. Uh, unfortunately, the cure appears to be a bomb or something. And then everything's white again. And it's fine. <laughs> oh. That's one way of looking at it. I didn't see that at all. The stain has also been compared to Lady Macbeth. The problem with the cat, uh, as many have pointed out, now, this is interesting that he is wearing mittens in this book and not the gloves. So if you'll recall, uh, Phil Nell wrote the book Was the Cat in the Hat Black? Where he points out that the origins of the cat can be pretty well traced back to Sue saying that he once got into an elevator with a female elevator operator who was herself black. She wore the white gloves. And, uh, and he was very inspired by her look and then made the cat shortly thereafter. Of course, it all goes back to minstrel shows where that kind of hat, especially when he has the umbrella, those are very distinct minstrel show signs. Um, that kind of hat, the umbrella, and the white gloves, and then the black face. Um, was it intentional? I don't know, but it sure wasn't unintentional. <laughs> it, was, it just sort of happened that way. So a lot of people are super kind of uncomfortable with this cat right now, um, if only because... If there's not like a direct line, eh, there's not, not a direct line. Ratings time. You go first. Okay, I'm torn. I don't know. Um, uh, in terms of teaching kids to read, this is more interesting than see Jane, see, see Dick and Jane, see Spot, see Spot go. Teaching children to read, it plays by the rules. The word's very simple, is very difficult with the cat's history. To figure out what to do with it and of course um there is the whole there's the, the guns fighting the pink which i don't know man it's always so weird i can't decide so i make it a five that's my chooching now that's my not making the decision number okay Bye. well you made it a five for the original so did you, i for the cat in the hat you did i'm consistent if nothing else so uh, the things that i like i like that it teaches kids the alphabet um, I like that the kid stood up to the cat in the very beginning because he didn't really do that last time and he, and he grew a spine and he stood up to the cat. And I really like that. I like that there wasn't flip-flopping between gloves and mittens because I hate inconsistencies like that. And I like that the cat actually does try to fix his mistake instead True. of just being like, I'm just going to add more chaos to the problem and see so what happens. Yeah. This time he's actually like, okay. He does clean up last time too. He didn't improve on the situation. The difference here is that he improves on the original situation by actually doing the, the his the facial thing. expression does show remorse, whereas last time I don't He's think it did. Faking it. 
I don't believe him. He's like, oh, I'm just going to go inside and get warm. I, no. Oh, somehow I found myself in a bath with some cake. I don't like, think so, mm. because last time he was like, I can get away with so much. And this time when the kid actually calls him out and says, get out of my you know house, what? he's because like, the kid has oh. become the fish. In the previous book, right. you had to have the fish Which, as the grown-up stand-in, and now the kid has become the grown-up Which stand-in. brings me to things that I don't like, which is that the fish died. That kind of sucked. We don't know the fish is dead. It's totally dead. And uh, two, I don't like that locks don't exist, because <laughs> I think locks should, especially with That's this, true, especially when there's in this world. man-sized cats wandering your home. Yeah. Um, and I Leaping obviously don't like the minstrel reference, just like the original. I don't like it either. So I do like it a little better than the original, which we okay. both which we both gave a five, so I gave this one a 5.5. Ooh, so it is just a... It is a toe over the line classic. It's a kitty claw claw over the line. But there are plenty of other like easy reader books that kids could use. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we got some good ones this year. Yeah, some good stuff. Ooh, goody, goody, goody. Letters time. This one comes with a visual aid. So, uh, if you will recall, there is a a lovely illustrator by the name of Sarah Brannon. She uh, has illustrated many fine books and she uh was forced by kate to illustrate something for us of course i asked her last episode if she could draw an illustration of a porcupine because i'm getting the mohawk back in like a month or two all right and then a beaver because you're obsessed with beavers beavers are obsessible it just makes sense so she wrote and she said wow i listened to the show yesterday thank you so much for mentioning my books and saying such nice things about them I never imagined I'd hear my own work discussed on the podcast. You are fabulous and amazing and wonderful. And yes, we are. Thank um, you. And she said she'd be listening to this live. And then she said, you know I wouldn't be able to resist. So here you are as a porcupine and a beaver estivating. There you go. Uh, she says, I've never drawn either animal before. It was way fun. It's way fun to see. So thank you, Sarah. It's that was so delightful. great. Thank you so much. We had uh, original art in a while. So that that was that was very cool. Any illustrators that want to, like, <laughs> send us your art, yeah, do it. I am I have no fear of asking you for free art. So. <laughs> she has no fear. I, I have great fear. I'm not in your world, so I'll ask for free stuff all the time. <laughs> I have to work with these people. All right. They're very nice. I, that's the problem. <laughs> They'll just do it. They're so nice. I appreciate it, though. I appreciate it, too, but I feel guilty. All right. Grown-up things we like. Okay, so this is coming out technically in October. Mm-hmm. So in the entire month of October, my grown-up things are going to be, like, spooky, scary. Boys yeah. becoming men. Men becoming wolves. N- no. It's werewolf bar mitzvah. No. Oh. So, uh, my first October spooky recommendation is Only Murders in the Building, which oh, is on Hulu. Oh, that was too! Well, that, that's not... T- I was thinking of doing it today, because we just started watching it as well. Ah, it is quite good. So It, it is very good! It is created and starring Steve Martin, and it features also Martin Short and, wait for it, Selena Gomez? Which you're like, this is an odd trio, but it works! Uh, She's better than Chevy Chase. She is so good, and she works well. Like, she balances them out. Uh, It's a true crime comedy, and it features these three people who start a podcast um, similar to NPR's Serial, and they do it after someone dies in the building. Right. Tina Fey is in it. Nathan Lane is in it. Um, It's got a very diverse cast. 
it has a whole episode in sign language, which I thought was amazing. Um, I really like the fact that uh, it features diversity and it's, it's comedic, but it's dramatic and it's a hoot and they got picked up for another season. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. If you're not watching it, start it now. Not all the episodes are out yet. I think they still have to release three more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't wait to see how it ends because I am hooked. All right. That is that is a good recommendation. I did think about doing that and then I found I found this instead and I was so happy. So um, my grown-up thing is, so I got sucked in to a new appreciation for 19th century, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Akio e prints. Uh, these are Japanese prints. You see, I recently interviewed friend of the podcast, Andrea Surumi. Remember Andrea Surumi? She did a picture of yes. you and me as Muppets. Yeah. She's awesome. And I interviewed her about her new book, uh, Mr. Watson's Chickens, on my blog. And uh, it was written, by the way, by Evanston resident uh, Jarrett Dapier. It is brilliant. But in the course of things, she happens to mention these Japanese, like, see, she gets a question about, um, you know, the cacophony of just chaos that she's so good at drawing. And, and she shows these Japanese prints. And there was this crazy cool one with frogs, and it was amazing. And it got me thinking about what other prints might be out there. And in the course of things, Kate, I found Hank. If you know Kate, you know that she managed to get her hands on the Home Depot. Well, how, how tall is he? 12 feet tall. He's a 12 foot tall skeleton right, that so here I we have affectionately a, named Hank. This, this is a, a 12 foot tall skeleton. Uh, this is actually Takayasha the Witch and the Skeleton Spectre or uh, Mitsukuni defying the Skeleton Spectre invoked by Princess Takayasha. So... This is a Gashadokuro, and this is a spirit that takes the form of a giant skeleton and is 15 times larger than an average person. It is created from the ghosts of the people who died in battle and were not buried. Uh, The people's desires for vengeance causes the Gashadokuro to warrant Rome after midnight, grabbing lone travelers and biting off their heads to drink their spraying blood, which is fun to say. Uh, There is a way to know of its approach. Uh, as the victim would hear uh, the sound of loud ringing in the ear caused by the rattling of its teeth. I saw this and I thought of you, and it's all, as you say, it's almost Halloween, so I thought it was appropriate for the season. I can't wait to put Hank up and scare all the neighbors. We're going to be that house. I I found a video. Does he really have eyes that move and look at you? That's freakish. LED eyes, 12-foot tall skeleton that can look at you. All right, and on that blood spraying note, um, we finally, we finished our 200th episode. Awesome. Yay! Kind of went all right. Didn't hmm? do too bad. We didn't do that bad. We did okay. Figured it out. We maintained people watching and everything, so. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to the people who have joined us, both on Instagram and on Facebook. We appreciate it. And to the people who will be watching this as a Vimeo video later. And, of course, to the people listening to the podcast. Yeah. And until we, uh, do our what 300th episode (laughs) (laughs) i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fuse kate 8 at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on twitter at fuse underscore kate you can follow us on instagram at fuse 8 kate that's fuse number eight kate listen to us on stitcher spotify google play or player fm or follow us on itunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined 
Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our little cat, A, is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.